So uh, welcome to uh, the first uh, episode of Down at the Docks here in Edward Pavilion. Um, today we've got a special guest, Amy Collins. She's going to tell us about her business, why she loves the city so much, and how it incorporates into her career. So yeah. <laughs> so Amy, tell us uh, about your business. So um, my business is called Pinhead and I design and supply enamel pin badges. So um, the kind that you would wear on your lapel or you see people going to the football on their hats, that sort of thing. Um, or or really <laughs> Or on lanyards, like yours. Um, and they're really like unique and high quality um, ones though. <coughs> and I've got two different parts of my business. Okay. I sell gifts mm -hmm. um, on Etsy I've got awesome. um, a shop where you can buy my designs, um, but I also work with a lot of other businesses um, and supply them as like wholesale deals. And quite often they will hire me to actually design something for them. So going back to the early days, what was your mission from the onset? So um, I didn't have a mission. It wasn't really um, even a business. It was a hobby. So. Um, bit of a kind of side hustle I um, noticed um, as Instagram was rising mm. um, this trend of enamel pins was <coughs> also starting like a lot of trends it kind of started in California um, all the cool kids uh, and it's a very like Instagrammable thing and I started collecting my own pins um, and I had a few ideas of things that I wanted to do and so I basically just did it for a bit of pocket money and something to kind of keep me being creative because it's like I hadn't really done anything arty since school. Got you. Um, so yeah, it's kind of almost uh, an accident that it's turned into a business. Right. So um, when you was doing it as a hobby, uh, did you create designs back then as well you to create into pins? So really at the beginning it was I was bootlegging. I was taking um, cultural uh, reference stuff and nostalgic um, bits and bobs. So my very first pin that I brought out was um, of Cat Dog, um, okay, yeah, the old yeah, yeah. cartoon from the nineties, yeah. <laughs> uh, which just like show my age. Um, and then a lot of the pins that I made were associated with film or TV that I was like really interested in and I, I was basically you. just making some stuff that I would want myself. I got you so uh, yeah I always now you said that I'm thinking of yours zig and zag. Oh zig and zag yeah. yeah. Was that one of the original designs too? Um, well I can't say it I can't say that's original realistically. Was, um, was the idea to create them back then though or is that more of a recent design? Um, no, that's been out for, I've been, I did those like quite a while ago actually um, and I, yeah, did Ed the Duck as well. Ed <laughs> um, <Add> the Duck. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, with all these ideas and you bootlegging at the very beginning, how did this turn into a business? So um, basically I was really quite savvy. like. I, I didn't put any money in or rather I've only ever put like 300 quid in mm. of my own money mm -hmm. to buy my very first pins and then every time 
I had enough from that pin, I would buy the next pin. And I just kind of continued like that. Um, and I had a few like um, good breaks early on. So, um, which meant that I gathered quite a bit of like Instagram following and mm -hmm. momentum and, um, and kind of <clears throat> things moved quite quickly. Um, one of the things that happened was um, I released the pin of um, a scene from Breaking Bad where uh, Danny Trejo's head is a severed head is on a tortoise. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you remember that scene. I haven't seen Breaking Bad yet. <laughs> right. I know. Okay. Well, it's like it's like probably. I think the, you sold it now though. My favorite episode. <laughs> um, anyway, so I'd released this pin um, inspired by that scene. And Gilbert Treu, who is Danny Treu's son, okay. bought it, bought right. one yeah, yeah. as a gift for his dad. Okay. And then he sent me a photograph of his dad wearing it. And <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, obviously, like when that photograph circulated on the internet, like you know, those pins just like disappeared in, yeah. in seconds, and I got loads of new followers and. Um, Yes, just like nice little things like that happen. And then um, in terms of the supply side of the business, I was working in a shop in Ball Street called Mataz, the um, mm -hmm. interna international mm -hmm. food store. Uh, as a favor, they asked me to design them a pin for the store. Okay. Um, and I did it as a favor and I literally just got inundated with other businesses and mm -hmm. other um people with their own projects who wanted something similar for themselves and that's when i realized like oh there's a demand here um so yeah i was literally just kind of reacting to this demand that i didn't even know <coughs> existed okay cool so uh um how did you deal with that demand i guess that would be a, a follow-up um well I mean, I've made a few kind of uh, boo-boos in, in the beginning. So, um, oh, not boo-boos, I suppose I just had to kind of learn. Um, so I was using a third-party supplier to get my pins mm -hmm. um, that I thought was based in, um, like, Sheffield in okay. the UK or whatever. Anyway, it transpired <coughs> they weren't and that all of the metal and enamel production happens in um, China um, mm -hmm. and Thailand. So um, when I discovered that I was dealing with a middleman and I also had a really bad experience customer service wise, okay. I started doing a little bit of research um, into kind of dealing direct with um, China okay. um, and that made supply a lot more viable in terms of like margins and you know satisfying um, orders okay. and actually making it kind of worth my while mm -hmm. um, and you know I just kind of um, took the jobs as they came um, and it just built up nicely slowly I was quite fortunate that it just kind of um, you know, kind of grew okay. slowly. Yeah, yeah. That's really good. Uh, did you go any issues when you was uh, looking for manufacturers to produce your designs? Um, well, I mean, <coughs> I managed to get a personal recommendation 
Okay. So, uh, and that's, you know, I'm very lucky for that, but um, I was friendly with somebody who is based in um, New York, actually, okay. and uh, she put me on to her supplier. So they came really highly recommended. Um, and I'm still using them now. I have like other suppliers, uh, particularly it. since um, <laughs> Wuhan closed down. Uh, yeah, I needed yeah. to kind of have some like backup plans and stuff like that. Um, and it's not that easy mm -hmm. um, actually dealing uh, with international um, suppliers, um, yeah. particularly when there's a massive um, communication barrier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of an ongoing thing and we've just kind of, I mean, what, mm. over five years we've learned a lot about one another um, oh and, you know, we get there in the end and we, we've got a way of, we've I got a way it. of working. But essentially, <coughs> that's part of the value of my business is I'm mm. taking that stress away from Oh, businesses yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. people who've got their own businesses and want pins haven't got the time mm. to be mm. doing the research because mm. um, there's a lot of bad factories out there and they're not all high quality it's pretty um, <coughs> competitive industry and that's you know in the pin community there's a lot of <coughs> this happening as well P um, uh, designs getting stolen mm -hmm. stuff ending up on wish mm -hmm. that's a big one um, as well um, and you know you're quite vulnerable really and I've had it happen to me once mm. but because it was something I was already kind of bootlegging okay. I didn't really have a place <laughs> to fight my corner you okay. know so yeah, there's yeah. me doing some pins that are inspired by Wes Anderson's film mm -hmm. The Isle of Dogs Okay. And I had this particular way of presenting these dogs, which w was with the paws like this sort of thing. And then I okay. see this like really terrible version yeah. um, appear on like Alibaba or something. And okay. it's like basically my designs, poor quality. Well, how can I fight when I've already pretty much ripped off Wes Anderson? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so you've got to kind of... Uh, You're in no man's land. <laughs> take the rub with the smooth. Yeah, that's brilliant. I could tell you're an ambassador to the city. Why do you love Liverpool so much? <laughs> um, well, actually, I didn't grow up in Liverpool. Um, okay. So my family are all from Liverpool. And when I was three, we moved to North Wales. And I used to come here to visit family. Okay. And so it was like a kind of treat and a, an event and you know it was all usually like around Christmas and involved getting loads of presents from family members and stuff okay um, and also um, my dad was a <coughs> black taxi driver okay <laughs> and I very frequently I'm sure you know you would get in so much trouble for doing this now but I would sit in the pit he, he had a black taxi okay. and I would sit in the pit next to uh, in in the side okay um, Next the, to the driver. Where there should be a passenger seat, there's just a hole, and I would sit in there, and okay. I would spend the day and have a day. <laughs> uh, and I, you always got more tips when I was there, because, oh, you know, it must have been, like, cute or something. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like, my experience of Liverpool when I was young was, like, really unique, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I was 18, and I was going to university, 
it was just really obvious that I was just going to come here. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't say that I've loved Liverpool the whole time that I've been here. I, I just think that, um, especially you know, since like the capital of culture, mm. like the development and the progress in the city, you know, it's just becoming <clears throat> more and more vibrant all of the time. Um, and I think as well because my I'm part of the community now more than I've ever been mm. um, when I was a student I was like an outsider <clears throat> and you know yeah I, I, I feel I've been here longer than I was in Wales now yeah and I have a lot to do with the locals and it's a really nice experience Mm-hmm. And I think if ever anybody comes to visit, I feel quite proud to show them round. I think that the waterfront is just like nowhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we do have these exceptional buildings um, yeah. that are really iconic. Yeah, I mean, it's the most listed buildings outside London, isn't it? That sounds like a good statistic. Yeah. <laughs> You said, it in one of, you said it in the video we did, I can't remember. <laughs> I haven't got a good memory. Was it the most listed buildings outside of London? It, it sounds about right, doesn't it? Yeah, it does sound. <laughs> I'm loving that. I think it's up there where New York is. New York's are a lot as well. Yeah. It's up there, I remember. Because I remember going to New York and I did the, the tour. And the woman there mentioned Liverpool being like third after New York or something in the world. I can't remember. <laughs> Where do we two? Oh yeah, did you want to ask me how I incorporate that into my work? Because you just asked me how much I love. We actually have yeah, to talk about the Yeah, there was two answers to that question. Okay, yeah. okay cool. So, um, so uh, how would you incorporate... Sorry, that doesn't sound right. So how do you incorporate your passion for the city into your pins? Um, a lot of the stuff that I'm selling at the moment is pretty kind of Liverpool centric to be fair. Um, I've got a range of pins that celebrate the dialect, so a lot of kind of cheeky Scouse sayings. Um, And then I have a range of pins which celebrate the buildings um, around the city Um, and yeah, just landmarks uh, that <clears throat> people like to visit. Okay. So, what's your favourite landmark in Liverpool? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Tricky question, yeah. Um, I've got a soft spot for the Radio City Tower. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, th- that, that's always putting a negative light. I think sometimes because it's transitioned through different themes. It's not quite the original theme anymore, um, but yeah, and just people have said it's an eyesore as well, aren't they? Yeah, so, I mean, like. I think it's cool. it's cool. I just think like it would change the entire <coughs> skyline, and it isn't an attractive building, but it's um, I don't know. Oh, it's yeah. kind of fun. <laughs> Warts and all. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how you <laughs> The pimple of Liverpool. 
they should have just painted something psychedelic. If they painted it um, mad colours, that would make it even better. Yeah, go for it. Or just like get those light, get lasers coming out the bottom so it actually looked like a. Um, yeah, and little smoke machines uh, around the bottom. Spaceship. Yeah, <laughs> like smoke machines all the way around it, yeah. Because it spins as well, doesn't it? I haven't, mm. I haven't seen it spinning, but yeah, it I does spin. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> does it still spin now, or have they turned that feature off? I don't know. I'm not sure. When it was a restaurant, <coughs> it, it, it span, spun. Mm. I don't know. It, it spinned. <laughs> How would your family describe what you do for a living? Um, that I quite like this question, actually. It really made me, like... Think. I think that it. I think people know what my job is and what I'm, what I do. And mm. um, I think like my older relatives don't really understand the appeal of pins. No. And perhaps you know I'm a 36 year old woman, and mm. I don't know if. Possibly think it's like a little bit immature or geeky, or I'm not really sure. Um, yeah. You know, because like when people, and it's very <coughs> sweet that people take an interest, but when they come to you and they're like, "Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Why don't you do that?" And it's mm. like, I'm not sure you get what I'm, I'm not sure you get what I'm doing here. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, you know, like my immediate family, my brother and sister, like really kind of involved. Um, and interested in what I do uh, and for the most part even if even if my family don't really understand what it is that I'm doing they are quite kind of in awe of me just getting on with it and doing it mm. and you know I think a lot of people would love to not have a boss <laughs> and that uh, you know that's the main thing it's like whoa you mean you can do. You can say yes to everything you're asked <laughs> to do, or you ha you can say yes to invitations because you've got yeah. no, you know, set schedule. And you've got the flexibility. You've got the flexibility. Um, for years, my dad thought that I was playing computer games in my bedroom <laughs> until I emerged one day with a web design company <laughs> with a suitcase of money. <laughs> well. I had to show him a bank balance to, because uh, my dad, uh, where I'm from, we're from an old mining village, and uh, my dad always said to me, I want you to get a job, and I want you to come home as black as the road, he used to describe it. But I used to say to my dad, there's no mines anymore. So there was no economy neither, so yeah, start doing web design. And it got to the point where I had to show my dad my bank balance for him to believe that I was making an income. It's weird. My dad's very stern, old-fashioned. <laughs> Have you seen my dad? No. He's got like a massive moustache up here. He's huge, like a yeah. walrus. Amazing. I would like photographic evidence, please. <laughs> I'll show you after this. I'll show a picture of my father over this video. <laughs> um. All right, cool. So uh, what things do you do to um, continue to stay on top of your game? What things do you do to uh, continue to uh, grow your skill set? Um, it's a very organic 
thing really. Um, I'm learning all of the time and I do kind of, the, the main way that I learn is by saying yes to things. Mm -hmm. um, always being open to new uh, opportunities, even if it's not something that I'm used to. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I invariably meet other people by doing mm -hmm. that and I, I learn from other people. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've had to learn loads of skills, you know, I've had to teach myself very basic graphic design. I've had to learn how to use all of the um, software and various different platforms and, and whatnot. And um, I actually did a marketing degree okay. as a mature student. Okay. And <laughs> so I was doing a marketing degree because I was fed up working in retail. Okay. Uh, and my pins was like <clears throat> ticking along in, in the background as mm -hmm. a, my little side hustle. Yeah. But in that three years, by the time I finished, the only thing I wanted to do was run my own business. Okay. You know, so. Did you have a burning passion to make that happen? No, not at all. It, no. it, it literally steadily kind of, you know, grew. So like in my third year of uni, yeah. my business took 55 grand mm. and that was just me. So okay. I was doing a full-time degree and writing a yeah. dissertation and managed to generate that. Um, do you know what I mean? I was just like... That's amazing. Hang on yeah. a minute. You know, that's not profit, obviously, but still, like, it, it's yeah. like, that's that's a lot of work. Things just started pointing in that direction. And I was like, time. hang on a minute, this is like, you know, and I was like, put my tax in, and I was like, this is what I'd be earning some, somewhere else, mm. with someone telling me what to do, mm. and actually working probably twice as much, if I'm, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of hours and stuff. Yeah. It's a different type of <clears throat> kind of schedule when you work for yourself, I think. It's, uh, it's well, I don't know. Maybe other people are different, but I'm not very rigid with... Um, I've tried to be, but I just fall off straight away. I'm trying to be rigid. Yeah. Self-control. I don't know. I think Can I'm you work to a schedule? Nope. This is a yeah. problem. Is it? Do you want to yeah. tell me? <laughs> <laughs> no, um... <coughs> I, I get very bored mm. by routine, mm -hmm. um, so I and I'm pretty easily distracted as well. Mm. So um, the more I set myself to do something mm. regularly, or you know, at yeah. a certain time each week, or the more likely I am that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so I have to be a bit more intuitive, well I am rather a bit more intuitive, but I've got pretty poor organisation. Mm. Um, so if my workload is not overwhelming, I can tend to just, you know, tick along. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, if I wanted to take somebody on as a member of staff, mm. it would be very difficult for me to show them where I'm up to. <laughs> yeah. Because it's chaos. <clears throat> With me, I usually fall out of structure when I'm asked for things repeatedly because I, I have this rebellion in me which instantly dismisses anyone that requires me to do something by a certain time on a certain day. I don't know what it is. 
I'll tell you, like art, okay. com- art commissions and they give you a deadline and they don't realise that it's, it's done when it's done. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, before Christmas I took on two and I had nothing but headaches. I give myself the headaches, of course, but as soon as someone puts a deadline on something, I naturally rebel it. I, I hit the deadline, but it's, I hate it. That's the only thing about work for myself is when people put uh, deadlines on things, especially when something is creative. Because you know what I mean? You can't rush creativity. Yeah, I mean, like, <clears throat> I have to work to deadlines, and that suits me uh, because I will hmm. cry. You know, even just at university, it was the exact same. I've always been the same. My yeah. whole, you know, I'm, I'm the night before doing my homework the night before or on the school bus on the way in mm. um, and I'd always get it done mm. and just maybe flukily done well but I need, I need that like time pressure to get me to just it's like a kick up the backside really <clears throat> so for like a pin um, commission what's the average turnaround from uh, idea artwork to giving the client the actual pins what's the usual turnaround there um it depends if i'm required you know if i'm being hired to do some design work because i might need a bit of time or Mm. i might have um stuff already in the bank that i'm working on um Mm -hmm. so you might need to kind of get in a queue but once um we've approved the artwork (coughs) and um they've been paid for then (laughs) it takes about four weeks um, yeah, so that's, you know, international ship, you know, the time for international shipping, mm-hmm. um, but also the, the process of making pins is, is quite involved. There's lots of stages and there's drying and, yeah. and um, you know, it can't be rushed really. No, not to the quality you have anyway. Not, not to the premium, <laughs> not to your premium quality. quality no. <clears throat> I do see some pins and they look a terrible state. Some of them, yeah. I mean, I've been guilty of making purchases off uh, Wish to uh, discover the most hideous picture of, I don't know, David Bowie or whatever they do. Really bad quality, yeah. Stay off Wish, Aaron. <laughs> I want to tell Ian Nesbitt then. Have you seen his Wish board? Yeah. <coughs> Has he ever sent you a photo of your pins on the big board? There's like 50 wish uh, pins maybe. in with it as well. Uh, There's yeah. loads of wish on there. What's the biggest surprise you've had in your career so far? Um, yeah, this is actually something that, um, you know, I've learned over time. I think when I first started out and I was working with other businesses, other creatives, other artists, um, business owners, I felt quite um, undeserved of this kind of position and this opportunity to Mm -hmm. um, um, work with these people and I had like a lot of admiration um, for what they were doing in the city and um, I felt like I didn't I wasn't really qualified to be doing what I was doing I guess Mm. it's like that kind of imposter Mm. syndrome sort of thing Mm -hmm. Um, and slowly but surely over time um, and and through people being very 
friendly, kind and, and generous with um, advice and, and honesty about mm -hmm. themselves, I started realizing that like everyone was the same, like no one knew what they were doing, everybody's winging it. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody felt like they didn't necessarily deserve to be where they were and were grateful for where they were and um, and and then I realized well like there's no um, you're doing it like what else what other kind of evidence and what other qualifications do you need other than the fact you're actually doing it mm. so mm. <laughs> um, so I guess like I guess the biggest shock was that um, no you know nobody 100% knows what they're doing down <laughs> the walk of life dire straits um but that's like a reassuring do you know what i mean like that's a reassuring thing that we're all like learning yeah um constantly learning um mm. and then i felt like a little bit more kind of part of things than like on the outside or um because i you know i'd i'd have all this anxiety you know getting upset worrying about deadlines and letting people down and mm. and uh, stuff like that and then I kept getting hit with complete and utter patience and, and, and understanding mm. um, by people mm. and I was like you know yeah it's not you know yeah I've got you I've um, I've been in positions where I've had to ask for extra time for deadlines very nervously asking the client thinking they're gonna flip out for them to be very polite and say it's well, don't worry about it. If you need more time, go for it. Mm -hmm. it you know, there's a lot of people like that, isn't there, who, who are not demons. Yeah. Like we're all the same. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there's, it, there's a lot of anxiety with what I do <laughs> because the manufacturing, I have to relinquish control. Once mm. I've done my bit, which is sending off the, the mm -hmm. design work, um, that things can go wrong and it's, you know, thousands of miles away. Yeah. And I have to wait three or four weeks to find out there's a problem. Mm -hmm. And then I've got to go and say, we're going to have to redo this. It's going yeah. to take another three or four weeks. Mm -hmm. And that's like, it doesn't happen loads, but you know, it has happened. Mm -hmm. It's part comes, you know, part and parcel with the, with the industry yeah. that, you know, there can be mistakes. So um, you're really kind of relying on um, a lot of kind of understanding and coolness from people. Yeah, yeah. And I've been lucky. I think I've been very, very lucky. I think there's only been two occasions personally where um, I haven't been given the lifeline. I think, but but yeah, most, like 99.9.999 percent of people will allow you the extension, or you know. Yeah. Okay, cool. So we've established that you work with local businesses, but tell us more about national and international. Uh. Uh, ooh, I'm trying to think of a few different things that I've done. Um, so one of the um, things that I did fairly early on was um, it was just by chance. I drew a picture, uh, 
based on uh, Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox um, film. I just did this like little doodle of Ash Fox wearing his little sock on his head. And this guy who, were, who was in Atlanta, who was a designer, he approached me and said, can we turn that drawing into a pin and can we do it as a collaboration? And, um, you know, I will basically turn your sketch into a graphic um, yeah. and we'll go halves and half, <clears throat> half and half. Um, and basically everyone went crazy for this pin. Um, and it led to a really cool relationship. You know, I've never met this guy, mm. but together we brought out an entire <coughs> range of pins and we just emailed each other designs. And back then I was really, really like, I, I, I wouldn't have been able to call myself a graphic designer. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I was just like <laughs> scanning my sketches in and, and stuff. So it actually worked out brilliant for me because um, he was, you know, I mean, he works for Mailchimp. He does their oh, okay, graphics cool. and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. Like so. So he's well uh, up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's like brilliant. Um, so that was like a really nice kind of international thing. Um, but I don't, because of like shipping, I don't do loads of business hmm. outside of the UK. Um, I've done pins for Sun, which are a band like a kind of gothy, okay. it's not metal, it's like atmospheric music sort of thing. And they're like okay. based in, they're like part American and part Czechoslovakian and they like sell a lot of merch at their gigs. Mm. Um, so I've done stuff with them and a few different other projects, um, Boston Art School, um, just like, just really random different jobs awesome um, <laughs> <laughs> so how did how did the band find you then just google they just googled I've you got yeah. good seo i think yeah. <laughs> i don't know why i don't know why like i've done quite a lot of work in making sure my website stands out mm. it, uh, you know uh, it doesn't look like a, a wholesale shop it looks like place where art happens yeah looks hip yeah <laughs> i like your website hip um so i don't know maybe may, i don't know why they why they chose me may, or maybe they got a load of quotes off everyone mm. and, and it was the cheapest i, or I was the f friendliest i don't know <laughs> <laughs> best quality best yeah. quality well that's for sure yeah yeah um good yeah Um, okay, so this leads on to the next question quite well. So how do businesses, I'll say okay. So how do businesses typically reach out to you? Um, so a lot of my business is in Liverpool and that is because my best marketing tool is word of mouth. Um, so like enamel pins is a pretty niche thing. Um, mm. It's not like everywhere's got a pin person. Pin uh, dealer. A pin dealer, yeah. Mm. Um, so because I'm doing something like a <clears throat> bit different, 
if somebody's after something, I'm just like the go-to in the area. Um, so, you know, I do get, I do have a website with a contact form and I get, you know, every day I get um, people getting in touch with me. Um, but a lot of the time I just get DMs on Instagram. Yeah. Um, Cool. Or someone messages me and says, "Can I give this person your email? Because mm-hmm. uh, you, you've done my pins. I want, you know, mm-hmm. and they want some." And uh, a lot of a lot of work comes from personal recommendations. <clears throat> I think um, when I first moved to Liverpool, I found it overwhelming the uh, the word of mouth. Um, I haven't. I haven't done much marketing. I just did a few jobs when I moved here, and it just—it's a wildfire, isn't it? Well, it's—it's it's quite small. It's a quite small city. It's quite contained, mm. um, and you know, a lot of the work that I've done has been within the hospitality industry. And because of the nature of that industry, um, staff move around. Mm. Uh, everybody knows mm. each other. A lot of the time, you know, they've worked really hard and they all go out after work yeah. and then they're socializing together. So it's a very, very close knit um, kind of community. Um, and people are just like really keen to help each other out. Mm. And if they can give somebody in the city the business, they will do that, you know. They will. Um, Liverpool is like oh, any other city I've been to because you, you, it's amazing how many people know someone who, who, who works somewhere or the connections are so tight. Um, I haven't lived in any other city, so I don't know if it's any different elsewhere, but I can imagine Manchester not being like this. Or maybe communities within the quarters of the city, but yeah, Liverpool. Yeah, I think it's a bit more spread out, yeah. Manchester. But Liverpool, like you, you can bump into someone and they will know someone where you're walking or something. It's mad. But even the geography of it, you can walk from end <clears> to end of the main ci- the, the main city centre in a pretty short space of time. Mm. Um, you know, so. It, even that in itself makes um, it a lot easier to kind of mm. make connections. <clears throat> yeah, I like the community aspect of you, it's really good. Does your company help the local community? Yes, I think so. Um, I mean, aside from the fact that I'm providing a really good service and I am taking the stress away from um, <laughs> obtaining excellent quality uh, merchandise um, I do quite a bit of kind of charity stuff um, so I don't have like a designated charity that I always give to mm-hmm. um, and I don't even <clears throat> I basically my income is different all of the time month to month and if I'm having a good month, I will choose a cause that I think is important at that mm-hmm. time or just you know mm-hmm. something that's happening to somebody that I care about at that time and um, I will donate a portion of my... You made a donation tickets. in December. I did. Yeah. Do you want to tell us about that? Uh, yeah, so I made a donation to a charity called 
uh, we are with you and they support um, addicts, uh, recovering addicts and the families of recovering addicts in the Liverpool area. Okay. Uh, and the reason I chose that is because um, it was the uh, year anniversary of my dad dying and um, he was a recovering addict mm-hmm. um, and I am also a recovering addict yeah. uh, and you know um, it just felt like the right thing to do. He was um, very helpful to other people um, and mm. you know newcomers he would drive them round to meetings and he would do a lot to help spread the message of kind of hope um, to people who were struggling and so yep. therefore I wanted to kind of carry on that legacy um, yeah. in, in a way I suppose. So if you had a piece of advice to anyone starting out in the world of business, um, what piece of advice would you give them? It might seem quite easy for me to say this because this is just how things have kind of transpired for me, but I, I really do think that um, being genuine is important. And I think it's very obvious when the goal of a business is money and success. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no passion, there's no. Um, core values uh, and there's no particular or or, the, or you know there's a fake interest in helping people I think that um, money and success come as like a byproduct for you just doing what you want to do well what you're passionate about really well mm-hmm. um, and you know being considerate to um, you know the the market, your customers, and the kind of the environment, the planet, and, and all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're if you're chasing figures, you're just going to be disappointed, and you know it's all going to fall apart pretty quickly because people yeah. are going to, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. sense the disingenuousness mm-hmm. of of you um, of your venture. Really, I've always said, but um, money is a Byproduct of success. Whether people have always understood me when I've said that or not, but I've never told them any more information than that because, yeah. But that's right though, because if you're chasing money, you're going to be spending it as quick as you're making it anyway, so it's just me, you know, you're just there for the money, you know. If you're going to be there for the long run, you need to dig deep and uh, really do it for passion. Yeah, and like just to kind of, you know, with that in mind, in personally, I would recommend being very careful about making huge financial investments into a brand new thing. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever it is you want to do, what's like a mini version of that? How do you test it out? How do you <coughs> slowly kind of work your way in? And, you know, mm-hmm. we see it at the moment. Um, pop-ups, uh, you know, stuff like having a, a a bit in the Baltic market, stuff like that. You get to test your business. It's great. Like, you get to test your business out yeah. on a small scale mm-hmm. um, and decide if you're going to then 
get business rates and get a property and you know the really big scary things that yeah. you, you do um, I mean like I, I don't really have any of that um, yeah. you know I kind of just operate job to job mm. um, and I get paid in advance for everything that I do I think most people now don't need those types of things to operate a business do they especially with technology and communication um, just you know you, you don't have to have those things offices or shop friends who could be just as successful as any other person in this day and age um, I started off on a borrowed laptop off my brother because I couldn't afford my own laptop and uh, I borrowed it for six months and obviously you 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 uh, get what you need to enable yourself through your own work rather than uh, you don't want to be taking out crazy financial burdens early on don't you? yeah because that's the other thing as well is like you, you have this great idea you want to help people um, but then you suddenly create these like you know monthly pay you know, take out a loan you've got all these like mad monthly mm-hmm. payments and then you and then you have to make a certain amount and then you slip mm. back mm. into that whole money's the mm. main objective thing because it has to be for mm. your survival um, and you lose the thread yeah. of, of what you were set out to do in the first place it is like I've been given advice just as sound as yours but being young I, I was quite naive to it and you kind of do that I'll just do it my way but you do in the end, and you kind of learn from your own mistakes at the same time. Like, like I'm quite rebellious. If someone give me good advice, I'm like, naturally don't want to listen to it. But I'll go and make the mistakes, and then preach the advice they told me when I never listened in the first place. You know what yeah, I mean? But that's like, <laughs> that's the <clears throat> great thing I think about like entrepreneurship is the whole trial and error learning. <clears throat> you know, even not in business in school and in you know probably even when i was a kid Mm. i i won't read instructions i absolutely Mm. will not read instructions Mm -hmm. i will sit and hammer stuff and and break things apart and keep going and going and going until i work out how to do it and you know as i might glance at the instructions but i find it so difficult to just Mm. cooking can't follow a recipe no no it's like (laughs) I don't know. If you start improvising, yeah. This needs a bit of paprika. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take care. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and, and I guess, like, that, it, it's probably the same with me. There's a rebelliousness of following mm. the rules and how it's supposed to be. Um, I have to kind of do things in my own way, but you, you come to the answers. Yeah. You find your own uh, path after falling off it ten times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, I'm chilly now, mm-hmm. man. It's getting cold now. What do you think of that one? I tell me something that's true that most people that almost nobody agrees with you on. Is that a worthy Ask question? Ask me that. I'm not going to answer how you think I'm going to answer, but I'll, I'll answer it. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then the other one was Something people seem to misunderstand about you. Yeah. 
I'm going to answer the two of them in one go. What? They are the same question, really, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they are the same question. All you right. can ask me it, though. Okay, so here's a different question. So, I can't fucking remember. <laughs> you know, I, when I did that tour for Fiverr.com, and I had to go on stage, my hand was riddled with notes. Notes, oh right, okay. No, uh, no, actually, they were full questions. I put like two on each finger. I got a photo somewhere, it's hilarious. Because there was so much press there as well. The first night in London, I had like, yeah, the fucking times and all this, shit myself. Um, tell me something that's true that almost nobody agrees with you on. No, they, I think the other one's worded be better. What's something people don't seem to understand about you? Yeah. Yeah? All right, cool. <clears throat> okay, so here's a different question for you. So, tell me something that most people misunderstand about you. Uh, so, I actually don't know. And not only do I not know the answer to that, but I don't even let my mind go there. It's taken me quite a long time to get to this point, but I don't concern myself with what other people think about what I'm doing. Okay. Um, and it, I that, I mean that's fairly new actually, and it's a bit of a, it, a bit of a revelation. Mm. But and it comes with confidence, and it comes with all the other things I've talked about, like realizing everyone else is making it up as they go along and kind of being comfortable. But I, you know, I would make myself sick with anxiety, worrying about whether I'm cool enough or mm. if I'm, um, you know, talking about myself too much or if I'm, um, people don't like my designs, they think they're stupid or, you know, mm -hmm. anything. I'd, I wouldn't be able to get out of bed in the morning. So mm -hmm. I basically, just do what I want to do and try and be as considerate as I possibly can. So as long as I'm not hurting anyone, I'm just going to do what I want. <laughs> You've heard it here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Fuck it. Look at them too, don't they? <clears throat> I, I really love canoeing. I would love to go down there, but not today. It's fucking freezing. It's the best I'm doing, snow, isn't it? So what is the most important thing you've learnt in your life? Uh, pretty obvious one. Um, a bit of a cliche, but actually just learning to have a good relationship with myself, uh, learning to like myself, um, because I haven't always. Um, and, you know, a big part of me being okay and pretty content at the moment is because I went through um, addiction recovery uh, mm -hmm. so I gave up drinking and, and taking drugs mm -hmm. um, and had to do like a lot of work on myself yeah so what was your life like before learning that 
so I was pretty kind of high functioning. So, uh, I mean, there's a lot of people who are quite surprised that, you know, I even was an addict because I kind of just about kept it together, but Mm. I um, was pretty miserable and I always had a chip on my shoulder and I was pretty angry and defensive and didn't think much of myself. Um, and I got on with stuff and I did well at work um, you know I even started my, my degree while I was drinking mm. um, so you know my life didn't fall apart and didn't end up in prison or in ho- well I have actually ended up in hospital because of it but um, I was just unhappy um, a lot of my problems were coming from you know putting myself in dangerous situations and mm-hmm. Um, having blackouts and stuff like that. Um, so the main thing that I, you know has happened since I've stopped that cycle um, that I couldn't kind of get away from is just you know some clarity. Um, I'm still doing the same stuff that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I could qu- quite possibly still have been doing quite well at a business. Mm. and still drinking Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't have been able to appreciate it or Mm -hmm. enjoy it to the Mm -hmm. same extent yeah Um, and I just think that's you know that's priceless really just um, being able to feel grateful for all these opportunities and and just um, feel happy with what I'm doing so that's what your life is like now yeah since doing that yeah that's amazing Mm-hmm. Awesome. So should I do a little outro thing? Okay, so uh, give us an insight into what you have planned for the future or what's around the corner. Uh, right now, uh, I am preparing stock orders for my stockists. So there's various different um, gift shops around the city that sell my pins as gifts and they're all getting ready to reopen on the 12th mm-hmm. um, so I'm kind of trying to fulfill those orders um, and I am putting in applications for markets, open air markets that are coming up um, and the first event that I've got is something a little bit different okay. so there is a new bar opening um, launching uh, called Subrosa. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, and they're going to have a massive outdoor space. Um, there's going to be food vendors there and good vibes. And I'm going to have a little shipping container with a stall. And I'm going to okay. be selling my pins and some other new products as well there. That sounds epic. So what date is this on? So I'm going to be there from the Wednesday, which is the 14th. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm quite excited because I think it'll be a nice way to witness people coming back <laughs> into you know society and reality and yeah. you know and especially because I don't drink as well, I can just keep <laughs> stay yeah, yeah. at a distance yeah. and just observe what's happening. Be in your uh, safety container. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have you seen? You just shut the doors. If yeah, it's getting yeah. A bit aggro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. So where can people find you online? Uh, so I have got an Etsy store, 
Pinhead UK. Uh, I'm actually in the process of um, creating a website as well, which is nearly ready to go. Um, most of my social stuff I do on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, this might be the, my biggest regret of my whole business thing, but my Instagram handle is at Pinhead, but there's a dot in between each letter. Cool. <laughs> I have noticed. <laughs> <clears throat> when you search the word just pinhead, it still comes up. I, yeah, it definitely it does. Probably because you're in the area, though, and because okay. you know other people that I know. But oh, um, maybe, yeah. yeah, like if I could go back and undo, have to type <laughs> p dot i dot n dot, I would. <laughs> that is interesting. I can admit. Yeah. Okay.